spiritual slang like God is good all the time, all the time. God is good. Or won't he do it? Because <laughs> you know he really will. Hey. Hello. Welcome to Spiritual Slang. I'm the host Chanel and we are on episode nine. I almost said it wrong. I think I almost said episode eight. But we're on episode nine, and I'm super excited about this one because it's a little bit of a continuation of episode seven where I talked about dadless but not fatherless. But we'll get into that in a second. Before we do that, this is my podcast, obviously, and I basically created spiritual slang to help those who look like me, not on the outside, but on the inside. And what that means is help anyone who has been through some things in life or is currently going through some things because I've been through a lot of stuff um, like we all have. So I just created this podcast to encourage people that there is a light at the end of every dark tunnel. And this podcast is a light at the end of so many dark tunnels for me. And so just to let y'all know that everything that you go through that is hard, everything that you go through that is difficult or you think that no one can relate to there are people that relate to it there are people that are going through the same thing and there is a way to heal it there is a way to get over it and there is a way to grow from it and just a reminder that God will turn everything everything in your life that the enemy meant for evil or everything in your life that you know was a difficult time or a troubled time and he will turn it to good he will use it to glorify his name And that's what he does with this podcast, honestly. A lot of the things that I talk about on here are things that I've gone through that were extremely difficult. And some of the things I'm still going through and some of the things I'm still working through, although they were all difficult and they were all, you know, very hard to get over um, because they became habits, you know, things we go through, they become habits, they become ways of life, ways that we live our life. And if we've lived our life a certain way for so long, It's not you just snap your fingers and you're over it the next day. It's a process. And so, as I said, everything that I talk about on here is something that I've gone through or am going through and has been difficult, but I can sit here and I can testify that God has turned everything around for his good and for my good. God has literally healed me from things that I never thought I could heal from. God has shown himself strong in areas in my life where I thought he was never even there, but he was there the entire way. And then when it was time, he turned it around and he made it for good. This podcast is an example of one of those things. So that's what I have this podcast for, um, just to let y'all know that you can get through it. And I hope that everything I talk about on here encourages you to keep going and pushing forward because you'll see the light. Trust me. Let's get into episode nine. As I mentioned briefly, it's a continuation of episode seven where I talked about my dad. And I say it's a continuation because what I'm going to talk about today is one of the results of not having a dad. Just some background in a sense. When you start to work on issues that you have or um, just troubled areas about yourself, it's really important to get to the bottom of it, right? Um, And so 
when I got to the bottom of this specific issue, I realized that it had stemmed from not having a dad. That's why it's some sort of a continuation, but it's a whole beast of its own. So without further ado, this episode is going to have to do with everything that I dealt with in terms of my rejection issues. Disclaimer, rejection can take place in so many different areas of your life and can be the result of a bunch of different things or one thing. For me, my rejection came from not having a dad. And so what rejection looked like in my life specifically had a lot to do with men. In some moments, I saw my rejection issues kind of um, coming to life in friendships sometimes or even the workplace at some moments. But for the most part, it had to do with my relationships with men. And that's because at the core, it came from not having a dad. But you can have rejection issues and still have your dad. Rejection doesn't just come from if you didn't have a dad, this is going to be the result of it. Like I said, it can come from so many different things. It can come from something traumatic that happened in your childhood. So now it affects how you view people of authority or it affects your friendships. It can come from another family member. With that being said, when I talk about rejection today, a lot of it is going to have to do with relationships. But I think the learnings that I've learned um, and things that I'm going to talk about, you can relate to in your own specific situation if rejection is something that you've kind of had to deal with. The history of it doesn't have to look like mine, but we can still relate on the level of rejection and how it makes you feel and ways to overcome it. It was actually interesting because and the way I prep for basically all my episodes is I go through old journals of mine because I'm basically telling my story on here, telling my testimony. I need to see basically how it affected me. I need to see where I came from. I need to see areas where it it was living, you know, and so I go through old journals a lot and I was going through my old journals for this episode And I was like, wow, there were so many journal entries where I didn't necessarily say the word rejection, but I was talking about certain people. I was writing about certain situations and I was like, Chanel, you were literally dealing with rejection issues right there, because if you look back at it, it never even panned out the way you were writing about it or that never really happened or that never got confirmed because it was just a rejection issue thing. And it's so crazy because I was like, first of all, God is so good. God is so good. We just need to get out the way. We just need to get out the way, get out our own head, get out our own way and literally let God guide us. Because a lot of times what we think is going on is not even going on. And we're just in our own pod of issues that sometimes we have to deal with. It also made me really happy just to see where I had come from and see like the growth that I had now versus then because when I was reading those things I was like who is that person writing that? Why is she so insecure in what's going on? Why is she thinking all these things? And I look back and it seems like it was like me 10 years ago but it was not. It was like me two years ago. (laughs) And so I knew I had to talk about rejection and how it makes you feel and what it does to you and ways to overcome it. Because I'm sure there are a lot of people that think the same way that I do or that have dealt with the same things that I have. 
back in 2018, when I started to really dig deep into the whole um, dad thing, when you dig deep into the dad thing, you start to look at the other areas that that affected and you start to see all the little pieces that connect to that. And so that's when I realized that rejection was a thing. And I was possibly not as whole as I thought I was. Then once I realized it was something that I was dealing with, I had to swallow the tough pill that because rejection was something that I was dealing with and had dealt with, I was the common denominator in a lot of things going wrong. Now, I'm not the one to fully blame, but I will sit here and say that there are situations that went south because of my rejection issues in the way that I had reacted to certain things, the way I had behaved in certain times of my life as a result of me feeling like I was being rejected. And when I started to look historically at areas in my life where it had affected me, I knew I had to overcome it and I had to let it go because I could not continue to fully walk in who God wanted me to be, continue to walk into blessings if I still had rejection as something that was controlling my life, controlling my behavior, controlling my thoughts. God wasn't going to bring me certain blessings if he knew I was just going to destroy them once they came because of my rejection issues. And so I knew I had to let it go. Actually, real quickly, that reminds me of the scripture in Joshua 7.10, where God basically says, I'm paraphrasing because I don't have it open right in front of me, but God basically says to get rid of every destructive weight in you or everything destructive around you, or he won't be there unless you get rid of it. And I actually talked about this on my Instagram not long ago, but shameless plug uh, at spiritual slang. (laughs) But I talked about that scripture because I had found it in my journal Um, when I was prepping for this episode and I didn't remember ever writing that scripture down but it was definitely for me and it was definitely for this episode now that I'm realizing because that scripture says unless you get rid of everything around you that's destructive I won't be there and God is saying that straight up and he's not saying it in a way where he's like trying to say like I'm gonna leave you never talk to you never to see you anything like that But it's more so, or I'm interpreting that in the revelation I got from that is unless we get rid of certain things, thoughts, people, ways of life that are actually destroying us, actually destroying everything that comes in our life and that are just destructive to us, God can't move in our life. He can't bless us the way he wants to bless us unless we get rid of those destructive ways. If God tried to bring us a blessing without getting rid of whatever is destroying us, whatever is destructive in our life, that thing will destroy that blessing. It won't be able to flourish the way God wants it to flourish if we don't get rid of things in our life that are destructive to us. Unless I healed from those rejection issues, unless I overcame those rejection issues, God wasn't going to be able to move in my life the way he wanted to move. Rejection in my life had to do a lot with relationships, as I said. And that, of course, was a result of my dad not being in my life. 
rejection issues had caused me to create this really unhealthy cycle of relationships. And it was like every relationship that I had had up into this point or at the point where I started to overcome rejection issues had looked the same, essentially. They were with different people. Some were better than others, but the issues at the core of them all looked the same because it was a cycle that I was repeating each time because I was expecting something from them that they couldn't give me. I was expecting healing, but I could only get healing from God. And I was expecting healing for my dad leaving, but they had nothing to do with that. And so I could only get that healing from God. My thought process in the past was basically that because my dad wasn't in my life, he had rejected me. I know that's not true now, and it wasn't true back then. And it's not something that I actually said out loud. But when I started to do the digging that I needed to do to grow from this, I realized that that's what I thought, that like my biological dad had rejected me. And so I was afraid that other people were going to reject me. The unhealthy cycle that I was in with this rejection made me feel like I was in control in a sense. And so for so long, I didn't think I was an issue. Like I always thought it was the person or the other person. I always thought that I was perfect. So it left me in control of my life in a sense, in control of how things went about, but it left me bruised each time at the same time. Although I was in control of the cycle and sometimes I had the upper hand, it left me in pain each time. I'm going to break that down just so that it makes sense because it's very interesting because it's like the spider web in my head right now, which is so wild, but I'm going to break it down so that it makes a little bit more sense. Rejection had me pushing people away so that I wouldn't have to deal with the thought of rejection. So instead of just letting people leave if they actually wanted to leave, I would push them away before they would have the chance to leave so that I wouldn't have to deal with the thought of rejection. So that I didn't have to prove that lying person in my head right that I was being rejected. This especially took place when things seemed too good to be true. It's like I couldn't just let it be good. I felt like there had to be something that was going to go wrong because in the past, there had been things that gone wrong. I was self-sabotaging myself. Has anyone else ever felt that where if things are really good, you feel a little bit uncomfortable? It's almost like you want the pain or you want the comfort of, of toxicity because things have been like that in the past and that's just what you're used to. And so like I was like kind of I wasn't used to things going good. So when it, they were good, I was looking for something that would make it bad. Therefore, my comfort laid in things going wrong or the pain of a situation than the good in a situation. It's pretty crazy, but I feel like I'm not the only one that has dealt with that. <laughs> and so what would I do when it was time to self-sabotage or when my rejection issues started to take place in certain situations or relationships, I would start an argument for no reason. I would find anything wrong, anything. 
it could be like the way you said bye instead of goodbye. Like, that's not even true. But something as small as that, starting an argument for no reason, just so that I could be in control of the outcome. And what I mean by that is, if this argument caused someone to leave my life, then I would know that I kind of pushed them away. And it wasn't that they actually rejected me on their own. Like I played a part in it. So I wouldn't feel as bad or I wouldn't believe the idea that I was being rejected. This is where the aspect of me being the common denominator took place. When I had realized that rejection was something that I was dealing with, I realized that in past relationships, those same issues were taking place in each relationship just a different person and so I knew and I had to admit that I was the common denominator as to why certain things went south and granted what's meant for me is meant for me and God always has a plan for us and he has a person for us but in every situation there is a growing moment for us that we should take and I was able to look at those past relationships and be like Oh, that's what I was doing. So let me improve on that so that no one that I ever have to, you know, be in relationship with again has to deal with the repercussions of that or the repercussions of rejection issues. Another way that rejection took place in my life was that it had me entertaining people that I shouldn't be entertaining. Y'all know what I'm talking about. I know that there are a lot of us that entertain people that we shouldn't be entertaining Not everyone stems from rejection because I know that not everyone deals with rejection. But you know what I'm talking about when I say entertaining, when you don't need to be entertaining. And I would do this for different reasons. One of the reasons was when my rejection got triggered. The thing with any issue, trust issues, rejection issues, insecurities, bad thought processes, anything, is that there are triggers associated with them. And so there are little things that can happen, that can trigger you to get into the mindset of that specific issue. So for me specifically, there were certain triggers that would then set off my mindset of rejection. Sometimes there were moments where I felt like I wasn't getting enough attention from someone that I felt like I needed attention from. And because I felt like I wasn't getting enough attention, I felt that they might leave me, that they're rejecting me, that I wasn't enough. And so because I wasn't getting enough attention, that triggered a bunch of other thoughts, which then led to me entertaining people that I shouldn't. A lot of times we're seeking for acceptance from people. And sometimes that acceptance can not even come from a person like I'm talking about. But that acceptance can come from social media. If you post something or if you share a story and you don't feel like you got a lot of views or likes or attention on it, you automatically feel not accepted. You feel less than because the attention on social media didn't live up to your standard. Then I think we can look for our acceptance in other things. We can look for our approval of others in other ways. And so for me, when I wasn't getting the attention that I felt like I needed or wanted, I didn't actually need it. Let me correct that. I wanted it. 
because I was dealing with rejection. So I constantly wanted certain types of attention. I would just go entertain other people that would make me feel better or that would make me feel accepted. What that really did, though, was temporarily fill the void that rejection had created in me and then also just waste my time and the other person's time, to be honest. And it was never worth it. It wasn't like anything crazy was going on, obviously, but it just was never worth it. The second reason why I would entertain people that I probably shouldn't is a hard one to talk about. I am not proud of this. And I almost didn't even really talk about it on here, but hopefully someone can relate to it. And if not, then you'll just know the way I used to think or the way I used to be. But I would entertain people I shouldn't just to know that I could have them. I hate saying that. That's the old Chanel. That's BC before Christ. No, probably honestly a little bit after, but oh, I don't like it. I don't like it. That's what happens when you deal with rejection, though. You want to know that you can be accepted by everyone, even if you don't really plan to have a future with a person or plan to carry on a friendship later or really any of that. You just want to be accepted by everyone, even if you don't really want them to be in your life. You want to know that you're accepted by them. This would leave me in very uncomfortable situations where I would develop some type of friendship or relationship or dating ship, whatever, <laughs> with someone um, and then realize that I didn't really like them or that this person wasn't good for me. And it was uncomfortable because then you're placed in situations where you have to make hard decisions where you have to sometimes hurt people or hurt yourself, really. So, yeah, it was something that I wasn't proud of. And I realized that time is of an essence, you know, and we only have a limited time here. And so we should not spend it wasting people's time and wasting your time. If you know, and you know when you know, that you shouldn't be entertaining someone or that this is not really going somewhere, then don't talk to them. That's not the way you're going to overcome your insecurity. That's not the way you're going to overcome your rejection. You're going to overcome it by sitting by yourself and not filling the void temporarily with people. Speaking of voids, I wasn't only filling the void of rejection with people, though. I was also filling it with anything that would make me feel good anytime my rejection was triggered. So if I didn't feel like I was getting the acceptance that I wanted from social media, if I didn't feel like I was getting the attention I wanted from a specific person, if I felt like things weren't working out the way I wanted it to work out in terms of any relationship or friendship, any moment that I felt rejected, basically, I would sometimes fill those voids, not even with just entertaining other people, but I would do it also by drinking. I wasn't an alcoholic or anything, but there have been moments where I drank to fill voids. And I don't want to be the type of person that drinks to fill voids. I don't want to be the, be the type of person that drinks to feel better. Another way I could get temporary fulfillment was like by going out, by ignoring the problem, ignoring the issue of rejection, which was the main root of it, and treating that problem with drinking or going out or watching TV, posting something on social media, basically anything that would take my mind off of the actual problem and give me temporary satisfaction that made me feel good so that I wouldn't ever have to face the issue. Ultimately, rejection left me with the thought and feeling 
that people were always going to leave. My dad left, so people were going to leave. I was constantly trying to hold on to people, trying to chase people, or pushing people away before they could leave, just so that I wouldn't have to deal with the rejection of them leaving, or that if they left on their own, I wouldn't have to admit that I was rejected. I was basically automatically assuming that if something didn't work out or someone left me, a friend, a partner, a colleague, getting fired, I don't know, anything of that sort, then they were rejecting me. But when I think about that and I think about that process and I think about it with the mind that I have now, with the mind rooted in God that I have now, in reality, if someone left me, if someone stopped texting me back, if someone didn't talk to me anymore, whatever the case may be, God could have been doing that for my good. God could have been doing that because only he knows what would happen if I continued that relationship, if I continued that friendship, if I continued, you know, being at that job or whatever it is. Only God knows what life looks like five years from now. And so here I am thinking that everything has to do with me. Something's always wrong with me. They're rejecting me. They don't like me. I'm not good enough. All of those thoughts that crossed my mind. But in reality, God's in control. And so God could be doing it for my own good. God could be removing those people for a reason. His plans for me are greater than my plans for myself. And so if I trust God with my life and if I trust God to lead me, then there's going to be people that he removes from my life. There's going to be people that he has them stop talking to me so that I can truly walk in who he's called me to be. Because to be completely honest, some people are there to distract you. Some people are there to hold you down or hold you back. And we can't have that if we're trying to walk in purpose. And so, of course, God's going to remove people. Of course, God's going to remove situations from our life that are meant to destroy us instead of help us. On that same note, though, even if that person did reject me, we have to be okay with the truth that we are not for everyone. When I started to really understand that statement that I'm not for everyone, it really started to heal me and it really helped me to put things into perspective. If I think about it, there are some people that I'm not that fond of, you know, like I would never speak ill about anyone or do anything bad, but there are some people that I'm not completely fond of, you know, and so of course there's people that aren't fond of us, but that's okay. That doesn't make us rejected. That doesn't make us less than. That doesn't make us not enough. That's my mindset now, which I'm so, so thankful for the growth. The other mindset was so destructive to everything around me. But it wasn't easy to get here. There were a couple things I had to accept about myself, understand, and grow in. The first of those was that I had to face it. I said it earlier, but it's so important to face your issue and by facing it to get to the root of that issue because you don't want to put a bandaid over it. You know, you want to know exactly what's causing it. And so get to the root of that issue. And once you do that, you'll be able to overcome it. It's basically like playing a championship game. We'll just say basketball because basketball is my favorite sport. 
But in order to get the championship, to be the champions, and in that same way, we have to go through the issue, figure it out, face it, get to the root of it in order to overcome it, in order to be victorious in that area. So I faced it. I finally got to the point where I was so sick of my thoughts, so sick of the way I was feeling in the cycles that I was that I had created as a result of the rejection that I was like, I need to figure it out. And when I started doing the digging with my dad thing and started to realize that there was rejection in there, I was like, God, have your way and help me figure this out because I'm done with these ways. And really what that looks like sometimes is just admitting out loud how it had affected me, how I was filling those voids and really allowing God in that area, allowing God to do the work, allowing God to show me who I was being. Another really important learning is to understand that something like rejection wouldn't come from God. Rejection obviously isn't pretty. It's not something that makes you feel good. Oh, I have rejection issues, by the way, just to let you know, I'm so proud of it. It's not anything like that. It's something that produces bad fruit in you. And if you trust God's character, if you know God's character, you know that he wouldn't give you that. You know that that is not of him. So if that is not from God, why am I allowing it to take root in my life? Why am I allowing it to produce bad fruit in my life? Why am I allowing it to control me if it's not from God? I especially use this when thoughts of feeling rejected tried to come up. And that happens even now. Although I've overcome it and I'm not acting in the ways that I used to act, whenever you have an issue, you get further and further away from it as you grow and as you heal from it. It'll always be something that the enemy tries to bring back in your life because the enemy knows things that you've struggled with. And so the enemy knows is that knows that if he can make you weak enough to open that door again, then you will. And so sometimes he'll just knock on the door, knock on the door. And that knock can be a thought. That knock can be anything really. And so anytime I feel any sort of like thoughts or feelings of rejection trying to rise in me, I immediately captivate those thoughts by counteracting them with, that's not from God. God wouldn't tell me that stuff about me, myself. God wouldn't tell me that I'm not good enough. God wouldn't tell me that they rejected me. That's not God. So I immediately captivate those thoughts and throw them out and replace them with godly thoughts. Like, it doesn't matter. God loves me. It doesn't matter. God loves me. It doesn't matter. God loves me. And if God loves me, then I'm good. Like, that's the type of stuff that I'll do in my head. And it's not easy. You know, it's always easier said than done because for some reason, we want like the easy thing. We want the easy way out. We want to just see what that thought is talking about. You know, like dive into that thought that starts to rise up that I'm not enough. Like we almost want, we want the pain in a sense, you know, but as you continue to do it, it will get easier and it will become more of a habit to captivate thoughts that try to come up. And it's so worth it. I also try not to overthink anymore. Overthinking is one of my biggest problems. I will overthink an entire situation in my head until it becomes a two-hour movie about how this person rejected me and what's wrong with me and why they did it. 
in moments now where I want to overthink a situation and I want to figure out why this happened without any facts relating to them, I stop myself by focusing on something else. Because why worry about a situation that hasn't even happened? That's the thing with overthinking. It's not, there's no truth to it a lot of the time. One thing happens and you want to know why it happened or how it happened. And so you start thinking of a bunch of possibilities of how it could have come about. And you actually start to believe those possibilities, but none of them are true. I've learned to just focus on what I know, focus on what the facts are. And it always, always plays out the way it's supposed to play out. It saves me a lot of stress, a lot of worry, a lot of pain, because, you know, when you overthink, it's not always good. And so you start to really feel sad and moody and then the rest of your day is gone because you're not in the mood to do anything. And so it saved me a lot of that just by focusing on what I know and that's it. And also going back to that thought I had earlier where it's like God is in full control and if God loves me and he accepts me, then that's all that matters. The last thing I'll say is that know who you are in God. Know that you are his and no one else's. There's another scripture in the Bible that I also want to talk about. It's John 15, 18 through 19. It talks about rejection basically by saying, if the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. And so God is kind of just saying like, you're not the only one that's ever been hated. Um, I don't necessarily think you would say that I would say the word rejected, but you're not the only one that has been disliked, you know? And it goes on to say, if you belonged to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. It's basically saying that you don't belong to this world. You belong to God. Even if no one liked you and everyone rejected you, God would still love you. He accepts you. And so when I really started to believe this and digest it, it changed me, it changed my life, and it changed my mindset. It truly relates to everything I previously said, but I'll say it again. As long as God accepts you, that's all that matters. And you're not meant for everyone. So there are going to be people that reject you. There are going to be people that don't going to be people that don't like you, but you don't belong to this world. You don't belong to these people. You belong to God. And so his opinion is the only one that matters. Love yourself because you are worth loving, even if no one sees it. Don't let something like rejection from a situation that happened when you are y- were younger or even if the situation happened when you were older, don't let something like rejection run freely in your life and take root in your life because it'll affect you in so many different ways. And just know that that is not from God. And if it's not from God, then it's not something that you need to focus on. What's for you will be for you, and what's not won't. If rejection or any other similar issue has affected your life, grow from it, heal from it, put in the work to do so, and allow God to turn it for good because he will turn it for good. Thank you so much for listening to episode nine of Spiritual Slang. I hope that it helped you the way it helped me. Honestly, doing these episodes are not just for you, but they're also for me. They're also 
reassuring and confirmation of God's goodness and how it has grown me and played a part in my life. And so I'm happy to be able to just share my experiences and hopefully it's helping you and encouraging you and blessing you um, in your own way. But yeah, that's a wrap on episode nine. Let God in those areas where you need to let him in um, and allow him to heal you from those things. We all have a past. We all have issues that we're dealing with. We all have situations that we're not proud of, ways that we um, cope with certain hurts in our life, uh, the ways, ways that we feel voids. We all have them, but we don't have to live like that. We can overcome them. We can find the good in them. And if you let God in, honestly, he will turn those things around and make it work together for your good just to glorify his name and to show that he is good, you know, and no matter what your past looks like, your future is always brighter. With that being said, I'm going to get out of here, but always remember to allow yourself to feel, allow yourself to grow and stay prayed up. Bye y'all.